Hi, it's Michael Tipper and welcome to today's episode of the Profit Productivity Podcast. Now, today's episode is entitled What Dr. Joe Dispenza Taught Me About Changing Identity. So I'm going to be running with the identity theme, which came up because a couple of weeks ago I allowed my morning routine to just dissipate under the stress, I say stress, under the extra load of a different form of routine when I was out on the road. And a, an email from Mike Rayburn, who is his fabulous uh, performance artist, uh, is a performance speaker who uses music to illustrate uh, personal development principles, talked about how the key to change is identity, is that you will be consistent with that identity. And I suddenly thought, mm, maybe I haven't got the right identity. So I have explored that by looking at what Tony Robbins taught me about developing and understanding my identity. And I had a look at that from his book. And I also looked at whether I need to focus on more than one identity, depending on whether, uh, depending on what I was doing. That's with the uh, interview with uh, Ben Polkulski uh, on impact theory. And so having read a few of Joe Dispenza's books and understood what he's about, I can remember a story he told in one of his books about how someone effectively changed their identity. So I thought I'd go back and explore that and see what starts to bubble up when I take all this information about identity and start piecing together how I can use that to improve my productivity. So I first saw Dr. Joe Dispenza in the movie What the Bleep Do We Know Anyway, which is an amazing movie talking about understanding how the um, understanding how science and spirituality uh, and quantum physics all go into affecting our reality. And so he basically talked about the use of visualization and meditation to help pro program your mind and reprogram your mind. And that's what I first saw him. I then came across him with a number of his other books. Uh, books that he wrote um, called, there's a number, there's a one called um, Evolve Your Brain, uh, which is, this, uh, so you get the exact title, The Science of Changing Your Mind, one called The Placebo Effect, or sorry, You Are the, the Placebo, which is about how the power of the mind can heal. And there's another one which is called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. So essentially, Joe Dispenza is, is a lecturer, author, educator, scientist, and doctor, he's a doctor of chiropractic, and he healed himself of a broken back through the power of meditation, visualization, and the mind, and has gone on since to be a groundbreaking researcher and educator about how meditation and visualization can impact our lives. So I have uh, been a fan of his for a while, having first seen, I've read a lot of his books, I've been on one of his training programs, and I've seen and used some of his approaches, so I know there's a lot of value in, in what he does. In fact, it was Joe Dispenza that got me back into meditation a couple of years ago, and I have been following, I did follow his approach for a while before I simplified it. So that's who Joe Dispenza is, and I strongly recommend him, I'll put a link to his website on the show notes. But what I want to do is talk about a particular story in one of his books. So the book is called Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. And the book really is looking at the 
contents. It's about understanding the structure of the brain, starting from the neuron through to the three three uh, brains that we have, which is your reptilian, your mammalian, and the cortex. Understanding how neuroplasticity works, and then understanding the chemicals that go on and evolve around the brain, such as dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin, etc. So it's understanding how all that pieces together and tying it in with the power of visualization. He, he breaks on some interesting research about how visualization is being used to change the brain. And this concept of neuroplasticity, which I've mentioned before, is something that he, he, he talks about and explains how that works. So that's the book. And there's a section called From Thinking to Being, sorry, it's From Thinking to Doing to Being. And it's about how we can change our ourselves and change our brains. And the particular section talks about a guy called Larry. Now, Larry was someone who had been diagnosed with clinical depression. Um, but he decided that whilst his brain chemistry was... Uh, affected actually he realized that um, it wasn't just biochemical in nature he realized that he needed to um, change his behaviors because some of his behaviors were stimulating the depressive feelings so he decided he would change that so what he did he, he created an ideal of what he wanted his life to be like and his personality to be like and he created this concept of happy Larry and what he did is he listed a whole load of traits that he admired in other people that he wanted to have himself, which linked to what Tony Robbins was talking about, identifying the, the list of characteristics you want to be. So there's some parallels there. And what he then started doing was imagining how Happy Larry would behave in certain situations. And this draws on some of the work that uh, Jody Spender identified about the importance of visualisation. So the story I remember him telling in a number of different places and when I saw him live was that when they got some people and who couldn't play the piano, scanned their brains, got a baseline um, part of their brain, got divided into three groups. One group did nothing, they were a control group. Another group, they were given some exercises to play and were asked to play those for 20 minutes a day for a certain amount of time. The, the third group, they were asked to imagine themselves playing the exercises, not to do them. And what they found is that the brain structure that changed as a result of the people who practiced was similar to the brain structure that changed to the people who just imagined. And so this visualization, because the brain can't tell the difference between a real and a vividly imagined event, and there are all sorts of ways of proving that. One, for example, is about if I started describing cutting open a lemon, I'm not going to do it now, of course, but if I describe taking a sharp knife and asking you to imagine that you've got a lemon in your hand that's come out of the fridge so you can feel the moisture on the skin and you can smell that zingy, lemony, freshly smell, and then you put that on a chopping board and you slowly cut your knife into the chopping board. Mind your fingers, of course, because let's have safety as our priority. And then you open up the lemon and you see the succulent juice and you can smell the tanginess of the lemon juice even more. And then you maybe squeeze it a little bit and maybe sort of put a little bit of that on your tongue. If your mouth is watering right now, as mine is, as I describe that, then your body and your brain thinks the lemon's there. It's responding as though it's there. 
but there's no lemon. So this thing about your brain not being able to tell some, the difference between something that's real and something that's vividly imagined is where the power of visualization comes in. And just recently in my inbox, I've seen all sorts of emails about the power of visualization and how greater the advances in uh, brain imagery is starting to show how this is actually true. So anyway, so what Larry did, he mentally rehearsed the behaviors he wanted to have being happy in certain situations, being able to deal with things confidently. So he'd immerse himself in his mind in situations and rehearse what he would do in those situations. He then started practicing being happy at weekends. I think it's the case of um, act as if. Um, and he started doing that. Then he started putting himself in challenging situations where he would be forced to extend his abilities. So he took up improvisational comedy, which for him at the time was just something he could never imagine himself doing. He took up a martial art, so he got out and started stretching himself. Then some of the things he started doing was he started applying them in real life. And he started evolving himself as he was doing all this. So he wasn't judgmental about himself. He wasn't comparing himself to others. So he evolved his brain to the point where eventually he became Happy Larry, and the old person who was clinically depressed was someone in his past. He never totally eradicated that person because that's part of who he was, and he honoured that part of him. But the point being is that he had a structured approach to changing his mind, to changing his behaviour, and effectively changing his identity. Now, in the book, Dr. Joe Dispenza breaks down the steps that Larry went through. The first one was creating a new model of himself, defining what that looked like. What does the behavior look like? Um, getting very clear on that. And then he created new circuits in his brain by imagining himself performing those traits, those behaviors. And he was constantly adding new information. The more you understand about what you're doing, the more you understand about what you're trying to achieve, the easier it is to make the changes necessary to do that. He used mental rehearsals to practice it doing those techniques. So not only was he changing his brain, but he was also getting better at the techniques in his mind, because that's where it all starts. He spent a lot of time planning how he was going to use these techniques. So he's starting to make a more richer experience and hardwiring those circuits around those new behaviors into his brain. Then he, ha- he had to start applying what he'd been learning in real life situations. And what happened then, he repeated the successes to create new memories about him being good at those behaviours. So those are the steps that he took. Now to start with, when the brain is faced with something new, it will feel uncomfortable because if you take an activity you do now and do on a regular basis, your brain does certain things and there is a certain chemical formula, chemical concoction in your brain that's consistent with those activities. If you try to do those activities faster or slower or somewhat different in a different way, the the concoction in your brain is a different chemical formula. And so it feels different. And often we assume feeling different to feeling wrong. So this discomfort is often a barrier to people moving forward and making these changes because they want it because it feels wrong. And actually what it does, it feels different, but that feels wrong. Therefore, they go back to what they're familiar with. So the other thing that Larry did is he learned from his mistakes and then re-rehearsed where he had made a mistake so that he wouldn't get it wrong next time. 
And effectively, he also reviewed himself on a regular basis by becoming self-aware and lots of self-observation. So taking that feedback. Now, after a while, his actions became consistent with his thoughts. And this was still having to think about it. But then with repeated actions, over time, those became automatic. And essentially what he did is he broke the old habit and replaced it with a new. And as he rewired that circuitry in in his brain, it shifted from being a thing he had to think about and put a lot of thought effort into from his neocortex, shifted to his cerebellum where it's much more efficient and much more automatic. So that's a more neuroscientific description of a change process for changing your identity because in order to change those behaviors, you become someone else. So I have, I can remember that story. I first read that story about five, five, six years ago, and it stuck with me. And when I started thinking about identity, that story came back to mind. So I've gone back into the book and I've just recounted Joe Dispenza's um, narrative around the story about what was going on. So I think that's really powerful and that the changes there are possible because of something called neuroplasticity, we can rewire our brain. And we have the mechanisms to do that through being very clear on what we want to change, getting a good idea what that looks like, and using our imagination to fool our brain into thinking it's already happened, to rewire our brain. And we can do that with our imagination. Then having done that, we then practice those skills in the mental rehearsal room, and then in the real world, take the feedback and evolve it and over time keep doing that till eventually that becomes who we are. So I was quite inspired again when I reread that story and coupled with the other work I've been doing in this area I'm starting to formulate a plan about how and what I need to do in order to start shifting my identity to be someone who becomes even more productive. So that's today's episode until tomorrow.